Welcome to the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside today, Mr. Zach Workin. Zach, good to What's see you, everybody. Hey, man, always good to see you. Uh, happy New Year and uh, well-groomed beard, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it is a happy new year. We are, this is like the first one, not like, like this is the uh, first, yeah. first one in 2021. So we're excited to be <laughs> doing it. Feels different, yeah. It does, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Wherever you're at today, yeah, who knows? <laughs> it does feel a little different. I think there's always, like, even this year, like there is an energy around turning the calendar. Yeah, and I, you know, like turning the calendar doesn't make all of the challenges from seven days ago go away or whatever, but it does bring an energy that I think is really, really good to focus in on. There you go. Hey, if you haven't left a rating and review, want to remind you to do that here in the new year. Maybe a resolution that you could get off of your checklist right away is I want to leave a rating and review for the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. You can accomplish that goal today, my friend. Help us help you. That's right. (laughs) right. Uh, It takes just a little bit of time to go leave uh, some words. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, We do this for you, the student ministry leader. So we want to continue to make it uh, the best it can be to serve you well. Um, So tell us what you think and leave some stars. Of course, we like five stars, but we also like honest opinions. So and that's actually part of the game, Ben. I don't know if you know this. Uh, the stars matter. The actual text of the review does not. So leave five stars with a really searing critique and we all win. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, we would love it if you go do that as part of your new year plan. All right. right. Uh, it's kind of fitting that uh, today as we do the first podcast for us in the new year that we would kind of look back and say, what are some of the things that we learned over the last year? Uh, Man, there have obviously, and this isn't going to be one of, just so you know, this isn't going to be one of those podcasts where we focus in on all the challenges of 20. No, like we all lived it. Like we know what the challenges were. Try to forget it. Yeah, right. Sure. (laughs) But I think what we saw, and Zach, you and I have had, conversations throughout the year last year about this, um, that the challenges brought forth some really, really cool things in ministry. Mm -hmm. And we got to see youth ministry kind of step up to the plate in an amazing way. Uh, And that's not to say that those, it washes away all the challenges and people didn't have a heart, like, listen, it was yes to all those things. But it also gave, I think, a little bit of a proving ground for student ministry to step up to the plate to show some maturity, to show some relevancy, to show some forward thinking and creativity that were really, really exciting. So we're going to uh, kind of bounce back and forth here, Zach and I, and we're we're just going to give some things that stood out to us over the last year. And some of those things are going to be uh, podcast topics from 2020 um, or just general leadership, student ministry things that we saw. Uh, kind of a 2020 roundup of sorts. Okay. okay. L- leadership lessons from last year. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> for the alliterative audience. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I am, man, I wish I was better at alliteration, but Ed Newton, uh, if you're familiar with him, he's a pastor down in San Antonio, was a youth ministry speaker for a long time. One of the best alliteration people I've ever been around. He's incredible. They just naturally come to him, but I love it. All right. So I'll kick us off here. One of my favorite people 
uh, is Ryan McDermott. He's a youth pastor down in Florida, and he was on the podcast with us last February, and he talked about the importance of calling students up rather than calling them out. Mm. And man, I love that was one of the things that stood out to me. Like I remember uh, after that podcast was done, producer Nathan and I were like, man, that was a solid podcast with Ryan because he talked about how sometimes in student ministry, specifically with difficult students, we get like we just get to where we call them out because we want it to be better. And we do it like with a righteous motivation. And he talked about the difference in calling someone out for something that they're doing or not doing and calling them up to something better and calling them up to a different kind of expectation. Like we do this because this is who we are rather than stop doing that. And it, man, it was just a solid, solid lesson, I think. Well, the one that I would bounce back and share, Ben, I think is some of the things related to our own relational leadership. And so uh, to piggyback on what maybe Ryan had shared about how we view uh, what we're asking of students, I would say that the thing that I was reminded, refreshed, or called back to in 2020 is the way in which we expect our leaders in ministry, both adult and students, to be relational and not just uh, present. And I think for a lot of us, maybe in a program centric youth ministry, we wanted enough bodies to fill the room or check the boxes without always doing the training or managing the expectations or modeling the behavior of what it means to be a successful relational leader. Uh, I think that's one of the things that got really exposed this last spring and summer into the first few months uh, of a pandemic season is that when we aren't meeting in the way in which we used to, which leaders know how to step up into the thing that we want them to do and not just the task that we've assigned them. And that plays as much to us as anyone else. So I won't steal one from years later, but I know that for at least me, like the leadership mode of not just delegating tasks, but modeling and delegating relational ministry has got to be something going to 2021 that we rethink uh, what we're asking of those that are volunteering or leading inside of our ministry. Hugely important. And uh, yeah, my my list has... Uh, a relational component to it too. But first, before we get to that, uh, a, another relationship um, that that stood out to me over this last year and through conversations that I know you've had with people that are connected to Youth Ministry Booster, through a lot of conversations that we had with youth pastors throughout the year, sessions that uh, we did at virtual conferences, There, we noticed this year specifically an exposure of a need for soul care Mm. for people to be able to say like, Hey, I'm hurting and here's why, or Hey, I need help here. And here's why help both like personally and in the skills of doing ministry in a new moment. And so that the, the care piece of that really stood out to me. And I, I would phrase it this way. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me this last year is that every pastor needs a pastor. Amen. And that doesn't have to be an actual licensed or ordained person that you would consider as your pet. It could be a mentor. It can be a a friend, but every person, every pastor needs that person that they can be vulnerable with, that they can be open with, that they can have conversations with. It's, It's the person that you call after something goes really well and 
when you're at a really low point and you can just yeah. say, I, I just need to say things right now that I can only say to you. Mm. It's, it's the thing that we would want from our people, but like for us, right? It's, it's the, it's, you know, uh, you, you can't really lead a small group until you're in one. Uh, you can't really be a teacher of the word until you're a student. Ben, I, I would maybe even just firm that up and say, I don't know if you can be a great pastor until you have one in your life. Uh, I've, yeah. I've always been taught to fear uh, if, if people don't have a mentor where they might lead you. <laughs> and so, and so I, I want to know that you've got an authority that is putting you in check as much as you are uh, asking of other folks that would be leading. So yeah, so for youth pastor hearing that, if you can't name to me quickly who your pastor is apart from your boss at work, um, then that's the heart check. For sure. And man, like you mentioned, it's something that we would want for our people. Yeah. Necessarily something that we do for our for ourselves. And there's a really, really wise person in my life uh, this year that's reminded me in multiple times, like, why can't you give yourself the same grace that you give other people? Uh, or that you give or extend to people in your ministry or in your circle. Uh, and man, that has that has been a really important thing for me to hear this year. Yeah. And I think that's part of part of that relationship that, that we're talking about. Well, one of the things that I think maybe has always been true in ministry, but has never been universally felt is the importance of always being willing to learn new skills. Uh, so I think there are a lot of us <laughs> for that, that maybe had just been in honing mode for the last few years of how do I do a little bit better uh, that in the months of, March of 2020 until all the way to December, uh, we're learning technologies or softwares or cameras or social media strategies uh, or like organizational behaviors and structures um, that that were always out there that we never really like gave much mind to. Like that's one of the things I think is so fascinating that we'll talk about on another one in a minute is that there were a lot of free tools that were really impactful for ministry that we just never explored. Like so. The example that I want to paint is I can't imagine being a student minister right now and demanding a monthly volunteer meeting in person when it's so easy to have a quick Zoom check-in. Yeah, have some times together, have an outing, have a gathering, but there is no reason that you can't be flexible enough to have a Sunday night, Monday night, 40-minute meeting with your leaders via Zoom because we're all acquiesced to it, right? So it's not like, guys, stay after church. This meeting's really important. It's like, no, go home, have lunch, put your kids to bed and have a 9 p.m. volunteer meeting because we can. Like we and we always could. We just never did. And I think that, you know, parent ministry is now like super accessible. And like we can all record our talks on our phones and share them on Instagram later. We can rehearse our talks via Instagram and post them later. So a lot of those like in the bubble or bottleneck feelings about ministry have been blown open because we've been willing to learn new things. And I would encourage folks listening to keep doing that. Don't lean back on, I learned a lot in 2020. I think I'm good for a few years. Keep the energy going. You may be learning stuff you didn't know was really important. I mean, we talked about this before, Ben. A lot of the skills uh, that have become really important in my life were things that were pushed together uh, that I didn't know were important from earlier chapters in my life. Like when Chad and I first started podcasting, it's because I had microphones left over from a failed (laughs) venture of trying to start a band. Like I it's one of those, like, I knew how to do audio stuff because I was 
in a band that didn't work out, right? Like <laughs> there are things that are going to be in your life. It may not be like the success of your life, but the learning and the failure to learn, like, man, like Zoom calls as like an integral part of what it meant to, net, to network and mastermind a part of Booster grew out of being in a distance relationship with some best friends that we just were tired of always being on the phone. Right. Like it, it was always there. It just was the quest for searching for more and for new. So don't give that up, even if you can't have a direct pipeline of how I'm going to use it. I think that's something really important is to cultivate some curiosity, even if you don't have a direct plan for how you're going to utilize this in your ministry. So I have to follow up here <laughs> because I did not know about the failed band. I, I've got, I've got I've like 300 CDs in my garage. I will mail you one. <laughs> I've got to hear more about this. Like, what kind of band was it? What did you do in this band? You like, know, you know this. Okay, no, so uh, this is and, important and two, information. Uh, circa 2000. Well, so in high school, I was the kid that learned guitar uh, because that's what, like, you know boys do in youth group to impress the older girls in the group. Yep. Right. It was the right. Did that uh, piano and a guitar. Uh, so started playing guitar stuff through high school into college and then got really into folk music. This is when everybody got bearded and like Mumford and sons like broke onto the scene. So a friend of mine and I, uh, started doing folk and bluegrass worship music. Uh, and so we had the full like seven piece band of like guitar and mandolin and violin and accordion. Wow. Uh, and like the whole, so we, we have the, I got the album. I'll mail, I haven't told you this. I'll mail you one. Uh, so Red River Connection was a band that played all across Oklahoma and Texas from 2000 and five to 2010. Uh, and so we cut an EP out of my garage with the microphones that I owned and then went to a studio in Dallas, at the Dallas sound lab and cut an album uh, there. And we did folksy worship songs, some ones that were popular and some ones that we worked on uh, because at the time it was a really key intergenerational moment because there's nothing more cool than being in the musical circles of folks that like uh, the Nickel Creek, Bon Iver acoustic flair. But when you cut into one of those hymns and get the blue hairs clapping along with the <laughs> students, you are a hero maker for a youth minister that hires you. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, and so, yeah, I still I actually was cleaning the garage the other day and found another bag of CDs that we had done. And so, yeah, that's where a lot of that like audio engineering and Microsoft came from was 05 to 10 and then literally boxed them up for three years and then got back from seminary and Chad and I were like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, I have microphones. Man, so a five-year <laughs> run. That's Five-year run. It was fun. We, we, we did, I was like serving in ministry full-time. We did like camps and D-Now weekends. That really cultivated uh, a whole season of life of getting to see youth ministry all across Oklahoma and Texas because watching youth pastors put on their big winter event. Like we would do D-Now's like, you know, we would do like eight out of 12 weekends from like mid-January to spring break. Uh, and so just watching a lot of my friends put on their big winter weekend was a real learning tool. Uh, in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, Red River Connection. Um, I, it's probably on the lost my MySpace music page somewhere. But no, if you want a CD, DM the podcast. I will mail you one for free. I absolutely love it. All right. Uh, the, <laughs> I'm just, I'm kind of like, man, this is a great piece of information I had no idea about. I too was in a band for a short okay, time. Okay, okay. Played bass guitar. Yeah, you did. Uh, we did not have a five-year run. Okay. We can, we can leave it at that. All right. Uh, the next one, um, I was reviewing at the end of this year, just 
man, what all did we cover in the 52 mm-hmm. weeks of the podcast in 2020? And on January the 9th, we did a podcast on equipping parents to engage spiritually. Mm. And January, like this is before all of it, like got really real. This, this was before the NBA shut down and it was before like everything else followed suit after the NBA. But this so January 9th, equipping students or equipping parents to engage with students spiritually. And I was kind of taken aback at that. It's a common subject in student ministry. Like we've had it multiple times on the podcast every year. But I think this year it took on a whole new shape because all of a sudden parents had even more time with their with their teenagers <laughs> and with no one with ministry becoming largely virtual in most places i think maybe for the first time student ministry leaders said wait my parent ministry right now consists mainly of information and not equipping you to lead spiritually and so i think they're I think we could say the parent ministry kind of idea and revolution has been going on for several years. But I think this year, I think it got turned on its head where we actually said, is my parent ministry just about giving information or is it really about coming alongside you as a parent to help you learn how and implement discipleship tools in your home? And So the good thing about that is that it caused many to begin thinking and changing towards that way. I think the challenge of that, I think, is that many leaders looked around and said, I'm not equipped for this moment in parent ministry, and I've got to quickly get up to speed on what we need to do. Yeah. I think there was a lot of parent ministry by proxy, right? It was like, here are the questions that maybe got sent home from the talk or the Sunday school or the small group, but there was not a direct pipeline beyond like you shared information or announcements. And I think that formational equipping spiritual engagement piece was missing, which is why I would bounce back and share. I learned this year that programs are a suck of time and resources. Like if you stop putting all your eggs in the 90 minute Wednesday night basket, you find that there is a lot that you can retool and redesign because you don't have to serve at the altar of the program. Now, this is not a criticism of anybody that's still persisting and building out the best possible weekly program engagement for your students that you can. But one of my favorite trends that's happening right now in student ministry is the move away from not a weekly habit of meeting, but a weekly habit of program having. There's still weekly opportunities for Bible study and small group engagement and moving more towards a monthly production program kickoff to make space for the relationship building of both the volunteer leaders and to create more time for you to engage, equip, and shepherd the parents and families of the students that you're hoping to reach. I think a lot of us didn't realize how run tired, dog tired we had been at trying to just make every Wednesday better than the last with no exit strategy. And so if there's anything that's been shuffled or upheavaled uh, in this last year that I would not want us to rush back to, it's not that we shouldn't meet together weekly. Please meet together weekly. We had we did a whole conference training on that about the importance of weekly 
gathering connection times, but to have it be programmed in such a way, uh, not everybody has the resources, staffing, or energy to pull that off, and that is okay. And I think the encouragement would be uh, to make space for the, as is appropriate, grounding yourself in the relationships and realities of ministries and not just the things that we can make or do. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about relational ministry already, and that's one of the things that stood out to me this year is uh, the relational ministry component. I, and I think for a lot of years, student ministry, people would say, the student ministry is the most relational ministry of the church. And in many ways, I would say that that's absolutely true. But I think one of the things that happened this year uh, is that the facade of real relationships with people versus relationships through our programs yes. was kind of blown away uh, because we, and you mentioned it earlier in leaders having real relationships and being focused on relationships with the people in their groups and things like that. And us training that and training volunteers to have relationships. But, uh, as I think about this year, it really forced us to measure relationships more than attendance, more than program involvement. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this year, this last year on the podcast about measuring real engagements with people yeah. rather than attendance in a virtual or in-person environment. And what does it mean to, to have a true engagement, whether it's you as the student pastor or one of your leaders, or if you're a volunteer listening to this, like, what does it mean to have a real engagement? And let's track those. Like that is the new measure for student ministry in this season and hopefully moving forward is that I am going to have relationships that are intentional with people. I'm going to go beyond the, Hey, how are you doing? How was your week? And on to the next person. Yeah. And, uh, I think for a lot, for a lot of the time, it's easy for us to have relationships with people through programs. Meaning mm. if we have a program and they show up, there's relationship there. Yeah but it's not true relationship in the sense of we know things about their life beyond, Hey, how's it going? Or our leaders have relationships with them beyond, Hey, how's it going? And actually can speak into the things that they're dealing with in their lives. And they know about them. They know what's going on in their home. They have a relationship with the parents, of these kids to be able to get together and pray for them and partner together to disciple and all of those things. And so for me, one of the things that stood out about this last year is kind of this return mm. to we've got to take these relationships seriously and to jump off of the one that you just said about programming and not put all of our eggs in the programming basket, yeah. but say, okay, when I do programming, we're going to do it really well and we're going to really focus on it, but I can't just do that because right. that's not facilitating real relationships with people. Well, and to see the program serves the relationship and not vice versa. And That's I think right. uh, to maybe maybe add one more layer to that, I think there was a season where the program existed as the container because we didn't know how else to get a hold of students, right? If mm -hmm. students weren't at the church building and we didn't see them at the school, 
uh, at the sports game or at the campus club. We didn't know where to find them. But now in this age, through social media connections and text relationships and parent, like it's really easy to get a hold of students, even if they aren't there for our attendance checks. Like if if Alex isn't there uh, for your Sunday night gathering, it's not like you don't know how to get a hold of Alex afterwards. And I think that's a really changing dynamic for us is that the program is no longer the only container or the only communication line by which we can reach the students uh, inside of our like ministry congregation or community. Yeah, man. I agree. And I, if we could camp out just for another second, yeah. I think this one is so important. You mentioned earlier, not everybody has the resources to really program this big thing every week or whatever. And so think about it every month and put multiple resources together in kind of that same vein. Here's what I would say is like youth ministry people, you can do this. You can do purposeful, intentional, truly relational ministry. You don't have to be the most creative student pastor in order to do this. You don't have to be the most gifted preacher or communicator in order to do this. You don't have to be the most strategic mind that student ministry has ever seen. And I think sometimes as student pastors, like I fell into this, I wanted to be the best communicator that I could possibly be. Like I wanted my students to hear the truth. And I like, I put a lot of energy into the preaching part of student ministry. And here's the reality. You don't have to do all that to have a significant relational impact on the teenagers of your ministry. And so, like, I'm not saying abandon those things. I'm not saying don't prepare anymore and just get up there and wing it. But if you ever find yourself in the bad mind space of just saying, I wish I was more creative. I wish I was a better communicator and ministry would be going well. I wish I was more strategic and ministry would be going well. Maybe that's a place where you can stop and say, maybe I can be me and I can have really strong relationships with teenagers and I can teach them how to reach people and how to follow Jesus and let the ministry grow that way. Yeah. While you develop yourself in other areas at the same time, but you yeah. don't have to have all of the stuff and all of the giftedness to be a really great student pastor. Right. Well, I guess that that was the thing maybe to, to add from earlier is, and a lot of the stuff that makes ministry more viable and accessible is free. <laughs> and I think that that is something that we cannot say enough is that uh, some of the most powerful tools to do ministry in 2020 are free. Uh, Instagram lives, Zoom calls, MailChimp emails, Facebook groups for parents. None of these cost anything. It's just yeah. a matter of the diligence uh, and the committedness to relationally minister. Yep. Uh, but at the price of 2020, learning that when the office comes home, uh, we are exposed for our inability to set personal boundaries for our work in our life. There is something that I would say from one parent to another, from one pastor to another, one dad to another, my brother Ben, 
Uh, when your kids are in the house <laughs> and you're trying to do your work, you have to rethink both the schedule and rhythm of your work, um, but also the ways in which you are uh, available or intentionally unavailable for your work um, because the laptop looms large no matter where you move around the house. And I think there are some real things that maybe were easier to cover up because I do work in the office and I'm with my family at home. But just because we had the separation of, uh, of buildings doesn't mean we always had the clear boundaries of like the occupying thoughts or stresses or energies. And so I think a lot of that got mashed together this year. And it's mm -hmm. really important for us uh, moving forward to know um, that the work-life balance, um, both as a myth and the importance of priority setting, uh, is something that it's going to be more and more near. Uh, I, we, we talked about this a lot with our booster community. Uh, we read John Mark Comer and some other folks uh, talking about like the like the, the the restlessness and the hustle and the importance of eliminating the hurry and the worry. Um, but in the same way that we as Christian leaders a couple decades ago began to rethink what some modern worship practices were, I think we as pastors are going to have to rethink some of our modern work practices are. Uh, and so uh, the Sabbath used to be our concern for what we would sing, but now I think our Sabbath should be concerned for how we rest and you as a leader, how you model that. Uh, for the members of your congregation, fellow staff members, and then unto your own family. Like that is as much holy work as whatever sermon text you're preparing. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff, man. Uh, another one for me is consistency in the midst of uncertainty. Mm. So simply put, what are the things that you can do that you can control that you are in charge of mm. and do those things and do them well? It It, it is... There were so many things and still so much uncertainty and what am I going to do with this or what am I going to do with that? And this is happening in and around my life and my ministry. And I think in that moment, it's easy for us to either stuff it all away and just drive harder or to get in our head about it all yeah. and not know which way is up. Yeah. And I think finding a place of consistency in, okay, here's what I do know. Uh, the, the million things I don't, here's the four things I do. And here are the things that I know I can control and I can do and doing those things really, really well. So if we want to connect, connect it to something else practically from this, from this podcast, it's, okay, I know how to build relationships with people. That's something I can do. Let me do that. I know that I can train leaders. Mm. What you're training them on may need to change from what you've been training them on lately or last year, but I know I can do that. I can control that. That's something I can do really well. Uh, I can have, like Zach said, here, here's where I, I know I can set up boundaries around work and life, and I can do that really well. So find a place of consistency in uncertainty by knowing what you can control yeah. and knowing what you can do and doing those things. One step in front of the other. That's it. Um, and then the last one I would share with you, Ben, uh, I don't have this well-formed other than saying that this is <laughs> this is where I leave you as far as like wh where am I spending my time this year? Um, whatever you have to say or think about what the last nine months have been or meant, 
every single student and member of your church has experienced a level of trauma that is new to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have been weathered and worn out both physically, emotionally, and spiritually because of the uncertainty and feeling the inconsistency. And so whatever your ministry plan is in the next year and beyond, please, for the love of study and pastoring, would you learn how to care well for those who have been overwhelmed? One, starting with yourself, you are not the same minister now that you were last year. And the things that you trusted and leaned on as your strengths or certainties may be gone. And so whoever you're going to be, your identity is not rooted in the work that you did well or what you knew to do. And then for those students and families that you love and care for, know that even those that seem to be the most okay are not okay. And learning to identify the signs, applying the practices, creating the spaces that your ministry is as nurturing and open and honest about this disruption and upheaval that the last year has been. If you are rushing to get back to whatever you had imagined for your curriculum or teaching cycle without any kind of adjustment for the ways in which students will process the world differently, you are cheating them. Don't cheat them. There are new things you're going to have to learn. There are new words you're going to have to use. There are new measurements you're going to have to implement for how well your students are doing or not doing. And it's on you, pastor. And you can hold me to it and message me as frequently as you want to this year because it's my quest and my journey to learn as much as I can to share with you. Uh, We have a generation that has been rocked um, to a level that will change their trajectory and their spiritual growth. And we need to rise to the challenge. Don't get bent out of shape for one more fun nerf night or lock-in. Let us be the pastoral caretakers, the noticers of the environmental change for our students' lives and connect them with the resources and support that they need. That's what they need from us. That's what they need from you. More than fun or a good weekend, they need someone who will mentor them, shepherd them, and sharpen them to what is really going on in our noisy, loud, broken world. If they're still showing up for your Zoom calls or your small groups or your church services, they are asking bigger questions than we've ever asked before. And we need to meet them at the challenge in which they're asking them. You know, our goal for this podcast uh, is to encourage and inform student ministry leaders at every level. to be a place where you feel challenged at times, to be a place where you're uplifted and, and encouraged, hopefully, a lot of times along the way. Um, and it was, I can tell you, it was a joy to be a part of that process for many of you over this last year. And as we kick off 2021, our hope is still to encourage and inform you, the person who is involved in student ministry. Uh, to come alongside you, to help, to be a voice of encouragement, to be a voice of challenge. Um, We have some new stuff coming for you in the podcast this year, and uh, I'm I'm 
I'm ex- I'm excited to be able to share that with you in the coming weeks. So there is your coming soon on the podcast teaser, if you will. But as for right now, this has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.